Good morning. First lesson this morning is from Ephesians chapter 1. In him we were all chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ, and when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the, ho the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And our gospel lesson this morning comes from Luke chapter 6, starting with verse 20. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. Come Holy Spirit, open up space in our hearts and our minds that these scriptures might take root in our lives as we seek you 
to know you and to serve you. Bless this time now that we offer to you in Christ's holy name. Amen. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, talks over and over about inheritances. So I was wondering, have you ever inherited something? Maybe something big or maybe something small. I've noticed in my job that families can get really weird around inheritances, right? Sometimes I've seen it with the death of a church member where a long-lost relative comes out of the woodwork at the last moments and starts behaving strangely. There are all kinds of weird stories when it comes to inheritances. There are weird stories around inheritances that were expected, like the Johnson and Johnson family, right? The two patriarchs that started the baby powder and baby shampoo and the eventual pharmaceutical empire that it is today. Well, one of those brothers, Grandpa Johnson, got married to the maid right before he died. And a bunch of the grandkids that were expecting that multi-million dollar fortune to come down to them were surprised when it was all left to his third wife. It resulted in an almost endless court battle that lasted decades. Or sometimes the inheritance is unexpected. Like the story of Luis Carlos de Noronha, who was a Portuguese aristocrat. He didn't like his family very much. He didn't have any kids and he thought his nieces and nephews were no good. So he went into his lawyer's office and picked 70 people out of the phone book and named them all as heirs in his will. Uh, when he died in the mid-2000s, uh, his lawyers had to go around and convince people that they really had an inheritance that it was not some sort of a scam. Or sometimes there's an inheritance that you got and you didn't see the value at first. There's a, a story in my mom's side of the family one of her aunts and uncles went over to Germany on a trip and they played bingo in a bingo hall and they won a little Hummel figurine. Have you seen them before? They have little people and they're painted. Uh, you usually keep them in your curio cabinet in your, in your uh, you know, nice little place in your living room. Well, they won a little statue with one little white boy and one little African-American boy uh, holding a hymnal together and singing next to a lamppost like a, a Christmas time set of carolers. And they passed on that little figurine to their daughter. And many years later, she found out that in Nazi Germany, they came into the factory and told them to stop making any figurines where there were people of different races together. And so this little Hummel was one of only seven that ever existed. It turns out it was worth a lot more than they had originally anticipated. So on this All Saints Day, we gather in worship, and I want us to think about the things that have been passed on to us. So what does it mean to be a saint? Right? No, not that kind, but maybe not the other kind you were thinking of either. Right? Usually we name saints and we think of the saints, those who have been named by the Catholic Church. There are about 10,000 saints who have been officially canonized now, 
And so that's about one for every 100,000 Catholics who exist on the planet today. And since you're a United Methodist, your chances of becoming one of the saints with a capital S are pretty small, right? But in the Bible, when Paul talks about the saints, he doesn't mean the ones with the capital S. He means all of the believers. Anyone who is in Christ is a saint of the church, who is connected to the body of Christ. And Paul says that all of the saints have an inheritance. So I want you to think, what has been given to you to get you to the place where you are today? If you're fortunate, maybe you have inherited some money or some land. Maybe you've inherited something that's sentimental to you, a piece of artwork or the family Bible. Or, or for me, uh, there's a communion set that I carry when I go to see shut-ins that was used by my grandfather when he was a minister. You've inherited lots of things, right? Uh, certain traits have come from your parents, good or bad. Your language, your education, the opportunities that you've had. Maybe there's a, a family recipe that's been passed down to you. We often like to think that our lives are self-determined, that it's our set of choices that makes us who we are. But I wonder sometimes if that's a bit of an illusion. Everybody know who this is? It's easier when his mom's holding him, right? But this is His Royal Highness, Prince Archie Mountbatten-Windsor, seventh in line to the throne. He was born into a family with a net worth of $88 billion. Access, power, influence. He's cute, but he's already got all those things, doesn't he? When the first pictures of Archie were published, the blanket that he was wrapped in, the sailor's costume that he was wearing, and even the car seat that Meghan Markle was using all sold out within hours of that photograph being published. Whatever Meghan chooses to put little Archie in for the next few years of his life, that designer will have a huge windfall. Whatever he wears will be the trend all over England and, in fact, in parts of America, too. He's already a social media influencer, right? But what if Archie wants to do something else? What if he doesn't want to be a prince? I don't know what would happen, right? Because the parents that we are born to, the neighborhoods that we grow up in, the schools that we're able to attend, a whole bunch of things are determined for us, right? By genetics, by circumstance, by chance, there are a ton of different forces that are at work in my life and in yours. One of my seminary professors had a famous line he said over and over. He said it was the myth of modernity is that we have no story except the story we chose when we had no story. We have no story except the story we chose when we had no story. This is the wrong idea that the world teaches us, that our own choices have, have made up the entire world around us, that we're just consumers picking the things we want. 
But we come to worship to learn a new idea, to have this myth corrected. We come to worship to celebrate that we are part of a bigger story, that you and I have a role to play in God's story. We are a people constituted by a story we did not choose. We might come here sometimes thinking that we we chose to get up this morning, we chose to get to worship, that we are choosing God. But then at some point, we realize that God has first chosen us. By grace, we are saved. There's a famous quote that gets attributed often to Isaac Newton. He was actually copying somebody else, but he said, if I have seen further than others, it is by standing upon the shoulders of giants. Can you imagine that in your own life? Whose shoulders do you stand upon? Because you are a link in the great chain of faith, right? Going all the way back to the 12 disciples, to the, the women who found an empty tomb and came back and announced good news that Jesus Christ is risen. That chain of faith is passed on, person to person to person. My own life has been filled with a bunch of people in that chain of faith. I was thinking about all the saints in my life, so I invite you to think about some in yours. But let me tell you the stories of a few saints with a little s. I thought about Jan Ham at my first church. She was in her late 80s. She had become completely blind, but she still lived at home. She had all kinds of little devices around her kitchen to help her pour a cup of tea. She had a, a, a giant screen that would help her uh, magnify things so that she could read uh, her bills and her mail um, just enough. It would be projected giant on the wall. But she taught me about hope. Even in her situation where so many would give up, she would get rides to the grocery store and to church. And then she told me one day, oh yeah, they're coming by to pick me up. We have to go visit the old people. She said it kind of tongue-in-cheek, but she meant it. She would get a ride from her friends, and they would go see people in the nursing home, and she would go to visit them and bless them as a blind 80-something. I think of Al Bailey, my first lay leader who taught me about giving, who, who lived his life as simply as he could so that he could maximize the amount that he could gift through the church and to other causes and charities that were near and dear to his heart. I think of Bishop Passinger, who was the one who ordained me. She taught me how to serve and love God and neighbor even when you disagree with brothers and sisters in Christ. I think of Junie Ely, who used to direct a summer camp at Sky Lake where I was a counselor. She was also about 80 years old when I caught her one morning marching down the hill to go to the lake for a polar bear swim at 6.30 in the morning. This 80-year-old went down the hill and jumped in the lake with a bunch of junior high campers. And she taught me that you're never too old to serve. Or I was thinking this week also about my own grandmother who sat with me in church every week. Uh, when she died, she didn't have a, a big fortune to leave an inheritance for me or my other uh, cousins. 
But we found in her uh, effects a little blue notebook. And when we opened it up, inside she had listed her prayers week by week. And we realized that she had been praying for each of the grandkids a specific prayer. Uh, the one that I remember and will remember is she prayed for Nick for good ideas for sermons. I can't tell you how powerful that prayer is. What an inheritance in the faith that prayer is to me. You know, in Jesus' day, having an inheritance was only for the wealthiest of the wealthy. Jesus' audience on the hillside, common folks, fishermen, shepherds, carpenters, they weren't expecting an inheritance. But when he tells of the inheritance that they have in God, it is a life-changing one. I read a story this week from a young man who received a substantial sum when he turned the age of 18. Uh, a distant relative had died and left a trust that he knew nothing about. But on his 18th birthday, he was contacted by a law office and they offered him several million dollars. He compared it to, to winning the lottery. And at 18, it changed his lifestyle completely. He said he became a teenage millionaire, but with no one to help him or advise him or guide him. He made a series of bad loans to friends. He had some failed business startups. He bought a couple of really nice sports cars and he rented the penthouse suite of a hotel in his hometown. And he said he was flat broke four years later. But when you think of the inheritance that you have in the faith, the inheritance that you have in Jesus Christ, it's life-changing too, isn't it? This gift of grace is given to you as one of God's children. It makes you part of the family, and it enables you to live in a completely unexpected way. Jesus tells his followers, Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the hungry, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who weep, for they will laugh. What an amazing inheritance we have. To receive this gift from God that we did not expect, that was not ours in the first place, but was gifted to us. You receive an inheritance in Christ and you're made part of God's family, co-heirs with Christ and brothers and sisters in the faith. With that gift, you and I can live in a way that lets us love our enemies, lets us turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, to give generously to all who ask and to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. We can do that because of our inheritance in Christ, because the power of God is at work in you and in your life. You are children of the Most High. Welcome to God's family. Amen.